everyone remain calm. Back for more, huh? Oh, yeah. Ooh. Ah. That's how it always starts. And later there's running and, and screaming. Somebody talk to me. What is happening? Jurassic World. And now, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. How long is it going to take for that to spread around the globe? This was all John Hammond's dream. <laughs> Hold on to your butt. <laughs> Seriously? Well, we're back. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 216th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. In today's episode, we are bringing out uh, an older segment, I guess you could say. Back in the days before the Jurassic Mailbag, I would reach out to everybody online via uh, a Twitter poll or something like that, uh, see what kind of questions people had, or just to see what people are thinking. So today, we are bringing back the listener segment, bringing it back out of retirement, and hearing from the good people over on Twitter. And uh, I wanted to know your questions, and I'll be bringing them up in the segment today and discuss them all as much as I can. It should be uh, it should be a fun one. I would I would think I, I haven't recorded it yet, but. Um... <laughs> But I always love answering everybody's questions out there, on the fly specifically, so as always, this should be interesting. But before we get this thing going, we do have some business to take care of. Now, over on YouTube, uh, we did uh, just two videos last week. We didn't do the full uh, three that we usually do, but uh, uh, on Wednesday, I did our live stream, uh, the first live stream of 2020. As you guys know, I do uh, a live stream every Wednesday night typically around 9.30-ish p.m. EST uh, here. And uh, last week I did, uh, I reached out to everybody on YouTube and Facebook, in our Facebook group specifically. Um, pretty much like I'm doing here today in this episode with the listener segment. But um, I reached out to you guys, wanted to know what you were thinking, and uh, I answered everything on the fly over on YouTube. And uh, that's fun, especially because, like, there's no hiding behind editing over there. It's what you see is what you get, and I'm just going off the wall, answering questions about Jeff Goldblum's beard across the, the entire franchise. <laughs> so there's some there's some funny stuff over there. But uh, we also did, uh, Steve Hurl did mission number five from Return to Jurassic Park. Uh, the, from the DLC from Jurassic World Evolution. So go check out that video. It's great to see that ongoing series. Um, he's been doing them for a little while now. And um, this week, we got some fun stuff for you guys. Uh, on Monday, we do have another toy hunt coming to you guys for all the collectors out there, all the uh, the parents out there who are hunting for toys um, and uh, hunting for some goodies for their kids. Go check out that video. Also on Wednesday, we do have another live stream, as always, Wednesday night. Like I said, uh, this one should be uh, should be interesting. I'm, I'm thinking about uh, doing something a little bit different uh, as long as things go the way I'm thinking they are. So it should be fun. But um, then on Friday, we're going to be taking a look at the Amber Collection I know it's been a long time. Uh, these things have been out for a while. Uh, the Ian Malcolm and the Velociraptor Amber Collection figures. And I finally, uh, I actually already opened them and I just took a quick look at them. Nothing too fancy, nothing, nothing too critical, just not even really a review <laughs> per se, but it was just me looking at toys that I collect. So if you want to watch that, 
Go ahead and check out our video on Friday, but enough of all that. We have we have an episode ahead of us. So it should be hopefully not as long as our our uh, marathons uh, of, you know, the Jurassic Mailbag or, or the Jurassic Wire. So today, let's get this episode kicked off by diving into another listener segment. supposed to be a genius or something? I can't get Jurassic Park back online without Dennis Dendry. Incorporating all the latest technologies. We shouldn't be here. And there's five dinosaurs. How many Sarahs do you think are on this island? All right, what's going on, everybody? I am back here. Uh, it's me again, Brad, <laughs> your, your, your host for the podcast. And today, uh, I asked everybody a question over on Twitter. I said, okay, go. Give me one topic for the next show and I'll discuss it in full. Um, and I put a, a gif of, of Ian Malcolm incoherently laughing in the helicopter from Jurassic Park. And uh, you guys came through, asked me a bunch of questions to talk about. And uh, let's go ahead and start uh, here. If you guys want to follow along with the questions and stuff, uh, our Twitter handle is at Jurassic Park Pod. Go follow us, give us a follow, and uh, you'll stay in touch with a lot of stuff like this. But uh, our first one here comes from Jurassic Dave 93 our buddy Jurassic Dave. What's going on, dude? Uh, it says, would it be better if the villains would live longer than one movie? Yes. Yes, absolutely it would. Um, I, I think, honestly, I think we even discussed this on the last mailbag. Um, it, I really think it would be beneficial to have some sort of coherent thread for the uh, for the main characters of this movie, something that they can follow along. Now, I, I feel like, you know, just obviously the dinosaurs are kind of one of those threads that continues on movie after movie. We always have to worry about the Velociraptors, the T-Rex. Uh, usually outside of that, you have other, other dinosaurs that usually pop up as well. But as far as villains are concerned, we don't have anybody that has spanned uh, multiple movies now. The, the only interesting thing now, it's, it's of, course, of course not canon or anything like that, but uh, Dennis Nedry, uh, he, he's, his family lineage has spawned on uh, to be included in the Legend of Isla Nublar, the uh, Jurassic World Lego series. So that's pretty cool to see that that family continue on. I think it's like his nephew, right? So to see, I, I don't even, I, I haven't watched that show in a while, so I don't even remember the character's name, but uh, you're all, you know, screaming it out, I'm sure. But uh, it's nice to see that kind of continuation while, of course, not being canon. It's still fun to kind of see that happen and think about, you know, maybe that could happen in the future. Maybe, uh, you know, Dennis Nedry's, nephew is out there and angry about all this that happened back in 1993 that would be pretty interesting to see you know them projecting the future via lego um but i think when i when i see fallen kingdom um i see mills and i, I think about him being a great villain from the franchise and i would love to see him continue on um you know maybe i didn't even talk about it in mail maybe i talked about it in the live stream um, I remember we did a lot of talking about the villains there. So I, I do think that would be pretty interesting, though, to see the villains continue on 
Uh, and Mills, I think, would have been a great option to do that. And, uh, you know, personally, I think, um, oh, you know, I guess somebody may have said in the thread, um, it would have been great to see somebody else die off in uh, Fallen Kingdom and you get to see Mills go on instead of uh, like like Dr. Wu, I think it was. Um, you know, you kill off Dr. Wu there. Maybe this, oh man, I'm kind of blanking. I don't know where this was. Was it the mailbag? Was it the live stream? You guys tell me. <laughs> Comments back to me on Twitter, at Jurassic Park Pod. Let me know. It's hurting my brain. But um, yeah, imagine if, if, if Dr. Wu died and then Mills continued on in uh, Jurassic World 3. That would have been really cool, but it, it didn't happen. I, I still would absolutely love to see that happen. Um, and who knows? I think the future is bright for this series, so I don't think the opportunity is is dead. Maybe if we get um, a different saga uh, with, the di- with the dinosaurs that still is canonical, but not the characters we know. If something like that happens, I would love to see a, a villain continue. Um, I certainly think our hopes are there for somebody like Dodgson to come back, you know, and and uh, to fully reveal Biosyn as uh, a player behind the scenes uh, in Jurassic Park. You know, that would be an amazing mention in, in Jurassic World 3 if, if we did hear that Biosyn was that company. Now, it, of course, we do know that because of the books you know that's what we know from the books it just never was specified in the film so we can't really uh go back and forth with those two things even though we kind of know via the books that that's probably who was behind the movie um but it would be great to hear like some insight from a character in jurassic world 3 to say you know uh, dodgson with with biosyn tried to do this back in 93 and they tried to, you know, uh, get Dennis Nedry to help them out, and it didn't work. Blah blah blah. But but now we're doing it. It's working this time. Uh, obviously, much more well written than that. But <laughs> that's why I'm not in charge of these things. Uh, so I, I agree, Jurassic Dave. I think that would be great to see uh, a villain live longer than one movie. It would have some nice continuation, um, and of course. You know, uh, let's see, Ludlow would have been a great one to see move on, but, uh, you know, he was taken out. Hoskins, of course, would have been a great one. It would have been great to see that, um, that like, number two guy with Hoskins, whoever that guy was, the other InGen guy, uh, to see him move forward. I think it was, it was Michael Papajohn, uh, the the actor's name. Um, but he didn't continue on. So, so honestly, though, Dr. Wu is that guy, right? It's kind of skipping over that completely. Dr. Wu is that guy. Um, And I think it would be interesting to see that come to a bigger fruition here um, in Jurassic World 3. We have uh, Jurassic Park, which he's not a villain at all. He's just uh, an interesting character who's kind of cocky, but uh, what are you going to do? He's he's just, he's nobody really in that movie. He's just a, a flash on the screen for a little bit, gives you some info, and then moves on. Jurassic World comes around, and again, he's just a cocky, arrogant guy. And then till the end, you you find out that there's some some ties there and and stuff like that. So uh, I would love to see you know that that thread of like him getting more and more of a, a villain uh, in Jurassic World three because in Fallen Kingdom, you know he was he was definitely a big a big role in that. But he did have some uh, adverse thoughts towards the fact that they were gonna sell certain things and do certain things but uh, i don't know so 
Um, I would def definitely like to see him, you know, be a bigger villain maybe in the next one. Somebody that you really have to look out for um, in the next movie. So Jurassic Dave, thanks, man. Uh, that was a great one there. Let's go ahead uh, and move on to, let's see, Neems. Uh, the movie poster guy, as you know him, over on Twitter also said, uh, let's see, his his handle is at movie poster guy. It says, why Sarah Harding needs to return. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about Sarah Harding here. Um, Sarah Harding is a great character, somebody that is so overshadowed um, by Ellie Sattler. And Ellie is wonderful, don't get me wrong, but I think the fact that she exists, uh, it overshadows Sarah Harding as a great character, um, a great job from, you know, the actress, uh, Julianne Moore. Um so I, I really do think Sarah Harding needs to return. Yes, she made mistakes in uh, The Lost World with with her jacket, with the scent of the blood and stuff like that. But I, I, I think she is a more suitable character for the potential world that they're building uh, in, in Jurassic World 3. If, if the dinosaurs are out and everywhere, uh, who better than Sarah Harding? She has that experience. She was sent to... To Isla Sorna, uh, I forget the amount of time frame, but we like weeks ahead of the other people that showed up, and um, that's pretty crazy. She's out there all by herself, uh, studying these things, living alone, uh, just doing it all on her own, and that is nothing that um, uh, you know Ellie Sattler ever did. But she's she's returning, um, and I, that just strikes me a little bit because I'm like, oh man, I I get it. Ellie is the more uh, well-loved one and more well-known character, of course, because of Jurassic Park and the amazing job that Ellie did in that movie and Laura Dern did in that movie. But uh, I just think there's a bit of overshadowing as far as the character is concerned and how great Sarah Harding uh, should be to this franchise. And hopefully there's a cameo. We, we know that uh, there really seems to be nothing going on with that character uh, moving forward, who knows? Maybe Ian Malcolm is not even uh, with her anymore. You know, judging his past history with uh, partners, it seems like it probably wouldn't last. Unfortunately, I don't know. But I, I would love to see her return. And I think with her background, uh, even if you don't look at her full background, just look at the movie background, and she is is truly capable of doing what I think needs to be done as far as tracking, as far as studying their tendencies in a natural world where they're trying to build habitats and stuff like that. It could be really interesting to see her studying these creatures, but who knows? Maybe Ellie will follow in that role this time around. I don't know, <clears throat> but uh, I do think she needs to return at least. So uh, that would be definitely a missed opportunity. Uh, I would love to at least get a mention as to where she is. Hopefully we hear about uh, Ian's uh, family somewhat, you know, hear about Kelly, hear about Sarah, because I feel like there would be a bond even between uh, Sarah and Kelly. So I don't know. I, I would love to know what's going on with her. And I think she definitely needs to return, but it doesn't seem very likely. Um, I don't expect that we're going to get a bunch of cameos outside of the ones that they've already talked about. I, I always talk about projecting that, like just do it all. But um, I, I don't expect that to happen. But uh, that's a great question uh, or a great plot point to be talking about their names. So thank you for that. Um, <clears throat> let's see here. We got 
gigant, giga, <laughs> that's me trying to figure this out on the fly. Giga Raptor. There it is. I should have just read the handle. It's called, it's at Jurassic Park out. Uh, that was a bit easier. And it says, Woo's next creation for Jurassic World 3. Um, all right. Uh, Woo's next creation. So where let's talk about Wu. All right. So he he was working behind the scenes with Hoskins, it seemed like, right? And um it, maybe that that was continued on. Maybe, maybe there's deeper ties to Mills, even behind Jurassic World, but eventually he moves on to Lockwood and uh working with Wu. Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> working with Mills uh to create the Indoraptor and uh is his is his uh capability as a doctor done at that point he was already stripped of his his title um as we learned in the beginning of fallen kingdom i think via the uh ticker on the bottom of the screen so what else could possibly happen with this guy um does he stop creating does he stop i don't think so i i would like to see him frustrated i would like to see him continue on and try to sell his his resources elsewhere so at the end of fallen kingdom he's he's knocked out right and um he gets dragged away uh right before that explosion in the lab um and right before blue jumps out of there so he didn't die in that movie he was dragged off and where was he dragged uh i don't know i'm sure he woke up and tried to get out of there as soon as he can to not be seen uh, in the havoc, but um, I would I would kind of hope that he ventures to another company, somebody like Biosyn. I hope that's the reason it shows up. You know, you you get Biosyn showing up again, and and maybe you learn about ties to Jurassic Park that you know he was aware of all of this maybe all the way back then. Um, but um. I think that would be a great route for him to go to actually start creating again because otherwise what is he going to do? I mean, the the facilities are are done in the Lockwood estate. There's no way that's working out again. He's not he's not going back there to create. He's not going back to any islands, I don't think, uh to create anything. So where else are there facilities? We do know that Ingen has facilities all around the world. So of course there are opportunities to go somewhere else, right? Um, he's, he, he might not be done with the InGen, uh, company, but I think that's a, a stretch for InGen to still be a, a viable resource at this point. I think after everything that's happened and now the fact that dinosaurs are out, I think the, the InGen that we know and love, the Mizrani Corporation, all that, all that stuff I think is, is gone at this point. I would assume because the dinosaurs are out. Who are you pointing your fingers at? You're pointing it at the resource that initially created these things, um, and that would be them. So I think there needs to be an other co another company out there. And, of course, we did see these uh, bidders that bought dinosaurs at the auction. So maybe he reaches out to some of them. Maybe he knows the contacts uh, and can get into contact with you know, somebody who bought the stuff initially there at the auction. Um, but I, I do love the idea of of him going to Biosyn and saying, look, you know, or, or honestly any company and just saying, look, I have what you need. You need to create dinosaurs or you want to, you want to do this, right? You want to become the next one. We can do this flawlessly. Um, 
it, it sounds kind of silly when you say it out loud just because it's like, I don't know, who really wants to get into this business at this point? I, I have no idea, especially when they're all out in the world. But I guess there are, you know, black market individuals who would like to sell these things again or make money off of them or use them for war, as we've heard before. So I think I think it uh, I guess the opportunity is still out there for more dinosaurs to exist in the world. So it would be interesting to see him at some sort of facility where the equipment doesn't necessarily work the way he wants it to, where maybe maybe he's having an issue and I would love to see him struggling with it. So he never actually creates something. I, I know that was your your plot point to discuss was Wu's next creation. And I, I don't think we're getting anything because Colin has said something along the lines of we're not really getting hybrids again. So I guess there's a po possibility that, you know, the thing that he creates is not a hybrid, right? I, I mean, I, I think that's certainly a possibility. Uh, it would like it would be interesting to see him create, you know, another Spinosaurus, uh, something along those lines. But uh, maybe it's just a, another regular old dinosaur, a, a Cryolophosaurus, um, a, a Tarbosaurus, you know, those new dinosaurs that we've seen from Mattel. That would be pretty interesting. Um, something along those lines, something that uh, is is unique, Albertosaurus, something something that I think we haven't seen before would be really, really cool. Something that's uh, got a unique sculpt and... A, a unique look that kind of stands out against the rest would be that would be really cool if he did a, a natural dinosaur um yeah i don't know but i don't think we're going to get any kind of hybrid or anything like that so don't look out for for something along those lines but hopefully he's just struggling somewhere out there and maybe he doesn't even create anything and we just have to deal with what we have i don't know I'm interested, though. I hope he's out there creating something. I hope he's out there, you know, in the movie in a decent capacity. In the past two movies, you know, his role has been very, very slim, but it has been very impactful. So I hope for the best out of that character. And hopefully he uh, maybe is done after this movie. No offense. I love the I love BD Wong. I love the character. But um, maybe his time is done at the end of this one. How many times can he just slip away? It doesn't seem like it's uh, you know, going to happen again, at least. Hopefully it doesn't. So let's move on here to the next one. Looks like Corey Anderson, our buddy Corey. What's going on, dude? He says, uh, yeah, and sorry, his handle is at Corey A1. Uh, the legal implications of Jurassic Park. Now, this this question is is more so suited for you, Corey. Um, I don't know. And I'm going to make up some stuff that that probably is wildly inaccurate. And honestly, I don't even know what those things could possibly be that I'm going to make up because I have no idea about legal implications. But um, Jurassic Park. So going all the way back to 93, right? Uh, the legal in implications of that park. I don't know. I mean, are there legal implications? We'd have to go back and listen specifically to like what was said in the boardroom scene. Um, but I know that there was a lot of payoffs and stuff like that. And what we know of, of Jurassic Park is they kept it under wraps. So, so did anything happen legally? I, I mean, we could go to, let's see if there's any kind of information via the uh, DPG. I do have uh, some, some, some DPG stuff here. So, 
I know we uh, know about you know the there are some there is some information here somewhere um, via the Gene Guard Act, um, but the Gene Guard Act, which is something that came into place, it looks like uh, uh, in 1997 as a response to the San Diego incident. So this is via the DPG's web website. So. It doesn't seem like, at least via Jurassic Park, that anything was really done. So it looks like maybe anything, any kind of um, uh, legal implications came at 1997 from Jurassic uh, Park, The Lost Worlds inc incident. So let me do a little quick here, uh, a little quick search here for 1993. Uh, it, you know, as we know, it was swept under the rug. So that's uh, that's what it says here, and that's what I said. So. Um, I don't really think a lot of people were, were discussing this and obviously Ian Malcolm kind of lost his ability to do a whole lot of stuff. Um, his career was kind of tarnished and, and people thought he was crazy after what happened, uh, him speaking out against everybody else's better judgment. It seems like everybody else kind of kept quiet, uh, all the people that were involved in Jurassic Park and nothing really happened like so so they thought it was all just this crazy wild guy that's just talking about something that never happened so who are they going to charge what's going to happen there um let's see here no 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 information uh just talks about a lot of stuff being uh done quietly and behind the scenes as far as the dpg incident uh the dpg website's talking about the 93 incident so um I think, like I said, I think the stuff actually legally transpired in 1997, and, and that's the Gene Guard Act. So, uh, you know, that that takes a lot of reading there, but I won't dive too much into whatever's going on over there. If you want to find out more, go to the DPG's website, uh, Dinosaur Protection Group. Um, but I think I think it's pretty interesting, though. Like, why why did nothing happen legally? Like, is it because by the time they found out about about anything, what are they going to do? Uh, I think the only legal thing you could do at that point was the Gene Guard Act and restricting what can happen as far as these dinosaurs are concerned um, and and the breeding of them. So you know you know Doctor Wu even went against that Gene Guard Act um, with stuff like the Spinosaurus and then further on um, down the line. So who knows? Uh, I, I guess there wasn't really much legal implications. And if it had come to light, you know, that would have been a different story altogether. Um, if maybe more people came forward and, and talked about it, uh, then I've, I'm sure they would have done some investigations into that that entire thing. But, uh, you know, I wonder why nobody really investigated it. it. All it would have taken was a simple helicopter ride out there, charter it. I'm sure there was somebody out there in the world who, who thought he was telling the truth, uh, Ian Malcolm. But, alas, there was no... No uh, evidence, I guess, to speak of. I, I don't know. But, uh, you know, moving on to Jurassic World, like, man, there must have been a whole lot of, uh, you know, what do you call it? Uh, oh, I don't even know. I have no idea what legal term terminology is. So uh, let's see here. I'm going to search for legal. <laughs> uh, ha let's see here. No, yeah, nothing there. Uh, so here's an interesting statement, though, from the DPG. Um, let's see here. Theories regarding the incident weren't openly discussed until a, 
uh, until after a televised interview with Dr. Ian Malcolm in 1995, during which he famously disclosed, disclosed sensitive information about the events of 93. However, InGen undertook a dedicated effort to discredit Dr. Dr. Malcolm's claims. The company's interference came in the form of several published interviews with company representative Peter Ludlow. Uh, Ludlow, armed with years of experience in litigation, used a combination of legal loopholes, misinformation, and outright bribes in order to maintain a favorable reputation for the company. So that's pretty interesting. You know, it, and that's kind of what we we know it's just a little bit expanded upon there um but you know stuff got out initially uh, uh later on i guess but i don't know what what's the legal impact from jurassic world um that's something i i just completely must have missed out on i guess maybe on the dpg stuff maybe i read it at some point but i don't remember at this point now um but yeah whatever I don't know, man. It's it's something that probably is not best suited for my knowledge since I have no idea about legal implications. But I'm sure there would have been a lot of lawsuits after Jurassic World uh, since we know that that was all out in the open. Cell phones are there. Everybody's filming everything. So I'm sure a lot of stuff would have happened at Jurassic World. But now now what happens in, in Fallen Kingdom's timeline where you know dinosaurs are out and like I said before, we know where this stuff came from. So who are you pointing the fingers at now legally? That's an interesting topic I think uh, I'd like to hear you tackle maybe at some point. Where do you think the legal implication stands after Fallen Kingdom when they're out in the wild and sure, there's no company to point a finger at because we know the company's been dead for a while, right? There's nothing going on there. There's no park. The dinosaurs have been discussed uh, via the Senate. Uh, what's going to happen? What do we do? Do we let them die? Seems like they want to let them die. But then somebody else saves them, and then those people are, well, you know, the the Benjamin Lockwood dies, so who are you going to point your finger at there? Um, and Mills dies, so so nobody to really capture there. Everybody that was involved, whatever the dude's name was uh, that ran the auction, he died as well. So who else? Who who do you, who are you going to go after to implicate here in in the events of Fallen Kingdom? I don't know, but I'm sure a lot of people are going to be upset when they are, are missing arms or, or legs or whatever, or just dead from dinosaur attacks, uh, you know, stuff like Battle at Big Rock. So, you know, who, who are the, that family? Who are they going to uh, sue for the damage to their RV? I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, let's see here. This one comes, this next one comes from uh, Dilly Dilly. At DTDB35, what's up, dude? Uh, this says how a prequel film could work and what uh, what it would have have to be about in order to work. Um, uh, what a, uh, what how a prequel film could work and what it would have to be about. Um, a prequel film, you know, uh, uh, the initial concept I think would be pretty awesome. Uh, a prequel about the setup of Jurassic World, um, and honestly, I don't think you really even need to include a lot of the major players. Um, imagine a world where, you know, we don't see Simon Mizrani, but we we know that there's a guy underneath him who, you know, Simon's too busy for this, and they they mention that they say like Simon's too busy to take care of this. I'm your guy, 
And this guy or, or woman is the person who uh, is in charge of sending people to the island since they bought the island and uh, or the you know everything uh, surrounding there. Um, and they want to recapture every dinosaur and ship them over to Sorna or whatever they did um, and uh, get that island back up and running. I would love to see that. Um, and, and like I said, this is, this is early days. It doesn't have to be anything involving Claire or Owen or Ms. Ronnie, uh, or, you know, honestly, maybe even, maybe Hoskins is the guy, you know, maybe he's the guy that comes back. That would be pretty interesting and a great way to tie it in. Um, because you don't really need, you don't really need anybody else. You don't need Dr. Wu at this point. You don't need it to be like an ongoing saga film, but, but Vic Hoskins is a guy, uh, who you could definitely center this around and maybe even Barry, uh, maybe Owen is not in into this just yet. Maybe he's out of the picture. He hasn't been recruited yet, but Barry's around, you know, that would be pretty interesting to see them kind of go head to head and, uh, figure out how to get these dinosaurs back into the mix. But I think the Vic Hoskins route is definitely a, a good way to tie this into Jurassic, uh, and, and tie it just a little bit into Jurassic world, but to get, that motivation to see them like clear out the island, capture the T-Rex, get the get to see the things we know and love, like what happened to all these different dinosaurs, where are the raptors, where are all these other things that we uh, are missing out on. I, I would love to see that kind of stuff. There could be some truly dark and brutal stuff going on here, like caves full of dinosaurs, and and it would give us the perfect opportunity to correct some of the misgivings i think from jurassic world and fallen kingdom uh one of the continued threads i think from those two movies was the fact that we didn't get enough time spent in stuff like the visitor center or uh you know we we only saw the overturned uh, explorer but we didn't really get to see like that setting right there we know that that's a spot where uh timmy fell from the tree and um or the truck fell from the tree and they all jumped out and everything but like we need to see more of that cliffside and and there's so many other aspects of Jurassic Park that we would love to see deteriorated here after all these years so something like this um you know the park opened in 2005 uh i i don't know the full timeline but um i'm sure to say it probably somewhere in the DPG website uh, if I did scroll through it for a little bit, but I don't see anything right off the top of my head here. Um, but I, I do think that would be an awesome opportunity to showcase so much stuff that we missed out on. Me, imagine that. Imagine seeing the visitor center in such a good light. Like we saw uh, such a small portion of it, and it didn't really even seem like the visitor center outside of it. Um, it looked like just, it didn't look like the way you imagined it. Um, in your mind you know if you thought what's what's that place gonna look like it didn't it wouldn't have looked like the way they presented it so I would love to see a return to stuff like that you know there's no Jurassic World infrastructure um, but maybe we see them you know trying to build stuff in order to to contain them temporary sites maybe they they've shipped out a bunch of containers or or some sort of temp spots there's my watch uh for them to you know contain these dinosaurs but I, I don't know i would love to see that that thing uh making that all up on the fly here uh, of course we have talked about 
uh, the origins before, but I think like I think this would be a great movie. And of course, it doesn't like I said doesn't need to be tied to anything that we know really, um, except for like maybe a character. Bring bring Vic Hoskins back. That would be perfect because that's like what he was about. You know, we have uh, information about him. You know, tracking down the dinosaurs that escaped in two thousand and one. Uh, you know, here it's actually says, uh, Simon, this is from DPG, DPG again, Simon and Mizrani spent years personally overseeing every detail of, of the planning and designing of the theme park resort, creating his own construction company to ensure the success of the massive, massive job. And to oversee safety, he expanded a private mercenary company after witnessing their swift capture of several pteranodons, uh, which escaped Isla Sorna in 2001. And that's Vic Hoskins and his crew. So imagine that, like back in 2001, you know, he he uh, already was was trying to figure this all out. Um, and you know, this, I guess, let's see here. His own, yeah. So I guess you know, having this this private mercenary company uh, with Vic Hoskins in charge, like that would be the perfect way to go out there and show show these. These these people that have all these trank guns trying to to essentially see what or do what we saw in like the Lost World and like trank these dinosaurs, put them in containment units, and just watch as it all goes goes crazy. And but eventually we know it does work, right? So it does work at some point, which would be really cool to see. Um, and honestly, that is something you could create multiple films based off of. You know, I don't think you could do like a trilogy. But it would be cool to see like two films and leave it on a cliffhanger. You know, that would be fantastic to see. Um, so if you are going to do a prequel, I think that's your best opportunity right there. There's so much given to you. Um, and it would it would be pretty awesome to watch. I would absolutely watch that in a heartbeat. But uh, yeah, let's move on here. This says, uh, this is from Range Viper 84, same handle. It says, details on your uh, Jurassic Park Jeep build. Uh, hmm. I don't have a Jurassic Park Jeep, so uh, probably not me. So <laughs> moving on here, <laughs> this one is inside your screen, uh, at inside your screen. Uh, and it says, why would they not tranquilize, tranquil, tranquilize, man, I can't say that, uh, the dinosaurs before transporting them into the park? Um, yeah, that's a great question. Um, maybe they did. Maybe they just messed up and it wasn't the right dosage, but that is, it's wild that they would just not do that in order to get that Raptor into the pen. And that's the, he put the gift there of Joffrey falling down off of the top of the pen and getting sucked into the Raptor pen. Uh, so why, why, like they're using these, like these tasers, uh on the velociraptor there why is it not tranked i mean it doesn't make any sense it, these are the, these are the type of things that you just have to to let go you know um and, and today honestly if this movie was released we would get comments like this and people would be like oh this movie's not believable whatsoever well what's going on here this is dumb why are they not doing not to say that this is what inside your screen is saying but um it's it it is one of those little critiques that like you you start to pile on these critiques 
uh, once you see these movies like in today's day and age and you're like, well, why wouldn't they've done that thing? Like that would have been perfect. And you wouldn't have to pay for the death of Joffrey here and cover that up with him and his family. Uh, that, so that's, that's bad. You know, why did they not do that? I think it comes down to the fact that, look, this was a rushed job, I think. And obviously, John Hammond didn't know what he was doing, right? He he says, he, you know, he spared no expense, but that's not the case. We know that to not be the case. The park, the infrastructure at the park was, was poor. Uh, you know, everything that they had for this park just didn't work out. Uh, we talked about the theme park aspects, how operational this would have been, and uh, it seems like they just didn't know what they were doing. And why would you not trank them? I don't know. You know, Muldoon, while he seemed like he knew what he was doing, he has so many faults that I just don't understand why he didn't see things clearly. Um, you know, he makes bad call after bad call, but is is the guy sitting there saying, I told you guys, you know, I told you guys all these things. Why did you not do all these things? We need locking mechanisms on the vehicle doors. We need to do all this stuff and you guys haven't listened to me. But like, how much can he constantly complain and nothing get done? Something has to get done. And something like this, tranquilizing the di dinosaurs before transporting them is a given. Why is this not happening? Now, may, like I said, maybe they didn't give them the correct dosage and maybe the dinosaur woke up and they weren't expecting that. So now they're they're all standing around with their tasers. I don't know. I don't know. And, and honestly, how fast is that raptor running that that whole cage moved? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense either. One day, like I know I know I try not to be too, too negative, but like and I don't really want to do this, but we could watch this movie and like, give a commentary on it. And just probably pick out a lot of stuff that in today's day and age, when we're watching movies, we're just so overcritical of things. And uh, I'm sure we could do that same thing for Jurassic Park. So inside your screen, I get it, man. Like, this is this is funny. Like, why would you not do that? It's such a simple thing. And he wouldn't have had to die, but he did. And it, it made for one of the best opening sequences, uh, certainly of Jurassic, but any movie out there. It's quotable, it's so memorable, and it's just, it's it sets the tone for this movie, and this franchise even. Uh, and, and it's such a beautiful thing. You know, Fallen Kingdom had such a great introduction in that film, a great opening sequence. Um, and it's constantly, you know, compared to this one. And, you know, we know, we realize today that this scene has its faults. So let's go ahead and move on here. Actually, I think... Let me just uh, refresh my screen here. Might have gotten another one, but uh, maybe not. Let me see. Uh, no, that's it. This is our last one, guys. Uh, it's from Ben Hughes at Ben Hugh 86519485. Uh, short nap for sure. Um, <laughs> sorry, Ben. Uh, but this says, okay, I got a good one for. Uh, I got a good one. Do you think Isla Sorna will be back in Jurassic World Three? Um, I don't know. I mean, I would say no. I would say probably not. Um, I I have continually specu speculated that we'll see another island. Um, but, I mean, we don't know what they're going to be doing. They are filming out in Hawaii again, 
we don't know how much or what it's for, really. So, I don't know. I mean, the issue we see right now is is in America. And what else was shipped out, where it went, we don't really know. Um, but the issue lies in California, and we'll see how far that spreads. Maybe we'll even see it before the movie because of all these motion comics and, and short films and stuff like that. Um, but as far as an island's concerned, if they're filming out there, what are they filming? What what are they filming? And if they're filming Sorna, I, I mean, I would really hope that they don't film Sorna in uh, in the in Hawaii. I mean, some part, portions of it, sure, but I, I want that that Lost World Sorna, which they are filming in Vancouver, so that is that could be a dupe a dupe for like filming in like that San Francisco kind of uh, Redwood style uh, film shoot where, you know, that's what Sorna looked like in the lost world. So uh, in Jurassic world, uh, Jurassic park three, Sorna just looked so drastically different because it was that Hawaii aesthetic. Um, but what, uh, what could we do back on Sorna? Could it be the sanctuary uh, that I, I I've been speculating about? Could we see instead of a sanctuary island that was kind of teased in Fallen Kingdom? You know, maybe that's not real. Judging based off of the entire plan that Mills had in place, it would seem that it's probably not real. But, you know, Jurassic World Evolution gave us a sanctuary island. Is that some sort of hint? Uh, that would be interesting. You know, we had to put all those dinosaurs back on sanctuary island. Um and, and, you know, the the idea of Sanctuary in Fallen Kingdom looked really cool. You know, this this circular island that they they could live and be contained. That's a great idea, theoretically. But we know that that, that idea is just a, a cyclical idea. Like, you'll never, you'll never end. Like, this story will never end if you just send them back to an island. So we know that you can't contain them, contain them there. It's just not possible at this point. You know, they, they were contained. They broke out. They were uh, free on Sorna and Nublar for years and years and years. And then, we, you know, we cleaned it all up. Another company came in and bought it all up and cleaned the whole thing. And it still didn't work out. It's still, after all the infrastructure that Mizrani put into place, it still didn't work. So... What good is an island at this point? Um, I don't know. I, I honestly don't think we'll see Sorna again. I think it's questionable if we get, a, um, a, 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 what do you call it, a sanctuary island. Um, but it's it's a good thought, at least, based off of all the Arcadia knowledge that we, we have here because of the working title. Uh, but I don't know. I think it's questionable that we get an island at all due to the fact that the the... This, the, the action seems to be centered on like Northern California right now. And I, I would love to see it go worldwide. So maybe we do get like another setting in like a similar type com country that looks like Hawaii, but is not Hawaii. Um, maybe that's what they're doing out there. Or maybe honestly, maybe it's just Hawaii. How crazy would that be? Could you do that in a Jurassic movie after showcasing what, Sorna looks like what what Nublar looks like could you show Hawaii I mean you could 
but you would have to show the island as it is and and not not about the natural aspects of it but the uh the man-made aspects of it i think that's where you would have to go you'd have to show the roads the highways the buildings the cities all that stuff you know instead of just how it looks in the movies uh on on the islands so i don't know i don't i don't know if we're gonna get sorna i think they're just kind of like you know we're only doing the one island thing we'll, we'll give sorna a mention in in fallen kingdom but that's about it i don't I don't expect the fan service to go that route. I think we're going to be focusing on new stuff. And if we do get an island, I think it'll be a sanctuary or a different island altogether. Um, But I just think an island at this point is so implausible. It just wouldn't work. You know, it just wouldn't work. We saw them trying to, you know, people trying to profit off of it in Jurassic Park 3. Um, Despite the uh, air restrictions, planes were still flying there uh and any other restrictions it seems like you know boaters are still flying uh boating by so who's gonna stop them at this point if they ever did go to another island uh maybe if there was something we needed to go back for that would be a different story maybe it's not about bringing the uh the dinosaurs there but it's about revisiting sorna for some odd reason um i could be down for something like that but again i just don't think we're gonna see sorna unfortunately i would love to don't get me wrong i would love to but i just don't think it'll happen but i think that about does it i've been talking for probably way too long here um yeah probably so i appreciate everybody out there that reached out with all these questions it's been great kind of going through them on the fly discovering these all uh as we go and like i said uh i i want to do stuff like that like this more often so Hopefully I can um, ask you guys some more questions and get this stuff rolling more so because this was a fun segment to do in the past. So I really appreciate everybody out there. So if you guys are uh, the ones who sent stuff in, make sure to comment back. Let me know what you thought about all these ideas and thoughts um, and share it around. Share share the post around. Share the podcast around. Thank you guys so much for reaching out. I hope you're listening. Um, I'll make sure to reach out to you all on Twitter as well. So thanks again, guys. And uh, let's head out of here. Thank you guys so much for listening to the 216th episode of the Jurassic Park podcast. I uh, I really appreciate all of you out there who reached out via Twitter and asked some fun questions, and I answered some fun questions. Uh, I had a good time doing that. As always, I love answering everybody's questions, and it's not like I'm some sort of authority, I guess, but uh, I do love, uh, you know, kind of projecting where I hope things go or trying to guide people as much as I can. It's hard, you know, but I like like a, a challenge. So thank you guys so much for reaching out over on Twitter. I'm gonna try to do these a little bit more this year i always loved doing these back in the day this is the kind of episode that we really started the show off of and uh you know segments like this where i would just do it all myself because that's how it started for uh, a number of episodes pretty much and uh, i always loved doing these these kinds of things where i would just reach out to everybody out there and see what people are thinking um and uh, i think we uh, built a great foundation at least and i think we should be able to continue to build that foundation with episodes like this. So expect to see more stuff like this in the future. 
Um, maybe I'll pull you guys on what your favorite stuff is, what, you know, this or that. Let you, in the past, we've done, like, dinosaurs, raptors, like, what are your favorite uh, characters, stuff like that. So if you guys have any ideas that you want to hear, um, you know, polls or questions that you want me to talk about, uh, and specifically, I used to ask everybody questions out to the listeners and see what you guys thought about a certain topic. So keep your eyes peeled over on our Twitter um, or, you know, our Facebook group. So make sure to go to our Facebook group, join that group, search for the Jurassic Park podcast Facebook group and answer the two questions. Um, I think it's like, what is um, a name of an actor or a character? I forget which one it is. I really got to figure out what what question is. Uh, But uh, the other question is, uh, who is a, a host or a contributor? Just answer those two questions and you'll be let into the group. We want to keep it as, uh, you know, listener-centric as possible. So make sure to join those. And also, if you're following us over on Instagram, do that as well. Sometimes we'll throw some stuff out over there. So keep your eyes peeled. I'm going to try to do these a little bit more in the future, and I think we're going to have a great time doing it. But uh, thank you guys so much. It's been a blast. I am I am pumped up for 2020, as always, uh, so far this year. It's been very short. But I'm always pumped up for 2020 as we're in it. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I'm going to go ahead and kick it over to myself for the outro. Thanks, guys. Saddle up. Let's get this movable feast underway. Please give us a follow on Twitter at Jurassic Park Pod, and myself, at Brad Jost. Also on Facebook and Instagram, at Jurassic Park Podcast. Don't forget to join the Jurassic Park Podcast group on Facebook. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So please be sure to subscribe. Also, don't miss our toy hunts and reviews, in-depth bonus content, live streams, gameplay, events and theme park coverage, and so much more on our YouTube channel. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We will read your reviews at the end of every episode, so please be sure to spare no expense. Don't miss us on the web at JurassicParkPodcast.com, where you'll find today's episode show notes, wonderful articles, bios from our contributors, and so much more. If you want to get a hold of us, you can fill out the contact form on our website or email us, JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. We're always looking for new segments, contributors, mailbag submissions, or anybody who just wants to say hello. Feel free to call our voicemail line at any time to leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening, and enjoy. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.